This Week in Agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network. With a look at the markets, I'm Tyler Donaldson. According to cattle fact CEO Randy Black, there will be another two to three years of declining cattle numbers. Black expects the number of cows and fed cattle harvested to be down another one and a half million head. Beef production will be down another three to four percent. Prices are going to be higher on all classes of cattle. Calf prices will average close to three dollars this next year. Eight to nine weight feeders will average in here a U.S. average number of about 240. Fed cattle prices averaging up in the low to mid 80s. So higher prices, still tighter supplies. That's going to be the the scenario for at least two more years. Earlier in the week, AgMarket.net market analyst Jacob Burks said the grains were continuing to chop back and forth going into Thursday's supply and demand report. You know, this this grain market, whether it's corn, beans, wheat, anything, it needs a fundamental reason to move. And right now, your bearish trend is uh, is still in place. Uh, we we don't have any type of uh, reason fundamentally to go to go higher. Uh, you got the funds that are holding a. Uh, I would say go ahead and say extremely short position, near record short position. Uh, it's waiting on something to just trigger, uh, you know, that type of uh, buying, stacking on buying uh, as they liquidate to get out. You're also seeing, uh, you know, the beans would be in uh, short for the first time in, a, in several years. The weekly report from the Energy Information Administration says ethanol production for the week ending February 2nd totaled 1.03 million barrels per day. That's up 43,000 barrels per day from the previous week and above trade estimates. Ethanol stocks increased half a million barrels to 24.8 million barrels. Meanwhile, NDSU Extension Crops economist Frayne Olson says a key relationship between China and Brazil will be important to keep an eye on in the long term for the soybean markets. The combination of the, the expansion or the growth in the needs for soybeans to China relative to the growth and expansion of soybean production in Brazil. So if we look at at kind of the longer term trends, for the last 15 years-ish, we've seen a really nice steady growth in the amount of soybeans that the Chinese have imported. And most of that is because of their growth in their economy, their growth in incomes, and the res- resulting growth in their pork industry. And there was a statistical difference between Brazil's soybean production numbers in the USDA supply and demand report and Brazil's CONAP. Martinson Ag Risk Management President Randy Martinson says USDA has a history of slow walking these numbers. Things. I mean, they're a little bit slower on making their adjustments and making their changes. But, you know, you, you, we took the fact of what, um, you know, China said for their uh, estimates for corn, uh, you know, for their ending stocks. Why aren't we looking at what Conab is saying and trusting those numbers? They're basically boots on the ground. So you would expect that they would know a little bit more. But USDA just seems to be a little bit less uh, willing to push the numbers like uh, like CONAB is. According to Martinson, the USDA will slowly be stepping towards those CONAB numbers. Meanwhile, Total Farm Marketing Market Advisor John Heimberg says there's a reason the CONAB and USDA numbers are different on these reports. You know, it really puts a little bit of question into things, but again, we're under, you know have to understand how big Brazil is. And there's a lot of time left in that in that 
growing season that we could see some major changes and as we move further here you know you got some areas that are planting soybeans we got some areas harvesting soybeans some areas can go to three crop soybeans and you know so those things all come into play it's probably the reason not to you know defend the USTA here but they they slow play this now Conas may be a little bit more aggressive obviously they're looking at export windows and prices so they might be a little bit more aggressive in their cuts Heinberg says now that the USDA reports are behind us traders will be looking for news coming out of the USDA outlook forum next week. That was a look at the markets this week. For the Red River Farm Network, I'm Tyler Donaldson. What's going on with your sprayer? I let my son drive. I got sick of spraying beets myself. Can you fix it? I can fix anything. But why all the spraying? Circospora, it's awful. You still aggressively spraying? You should plant CR plus seed instead. It's a trait from KWS that's Circospora tolerant. It's bred right in. Really? Oh yeah, it's remarkable. How do you know about that? I told you. I can fix anything, even your sugar beet fields. KWS CR Plus trait is licensed to beta seed. Check out the Job Opportunities tab on the Red River Farm Network website. The Roseau County, Minnesota Farm Service Agency is hiring a full-time program technician. The application deadline, February 12th. On the Job Opportunities tab, you'll also find Bayer seeking a field testing agronomist based in Devil's Lake. Visit rrfn.com and go to the Job Opportunities and Agriculture tab to find your next career move. That's at rrfn.com. With a look at farm news this week in agriculture, I'm Randy Conan. Federal court has vacated the registrations of Extendamax, Ingenia, and Tavium uh, dicamba herbicides. The court determined the EPA violated the notice and comment requirement for these dicamba product registrations. Bayer releasing a statement saying it disagrees with the ruling and is assessing its next steps. Bayer also said that it's awaiting direction from the EPA on the actions it may take in response to the ruling. The decision to uh, vacate the registrations of the three dicamba products has Minnesota Soybean Research and Promotion Council Director of Research, Dr. David Key, concerned for farmers with dicamba products in their inventories heading into this growing season. That's one of our biggest concerns. What do we do with product already in-house? On farm and and also what what do we do with the seed selections? If you don't have the if you plan to use dicamba to control your weeds, you can still come up with a herbicide program, but you can't have dicamba in it. Well, would you be better off with a different variety? Our biggest concern is the confusion that this causes the farmers and how do they handle this upcoming planting season, especially since it appears that we have a high likelihood of an early soybean planting in Minnesota, North Dakota. Key says that farmers need to be aware of their options and start making decisions now on how to proceed into the planting season. The Ag Retailers Association upset with that ruling as well, vacating the registration of over-the-crop dicamba applications. ARA President and CEO Darren Kopek said the timing of the decision is problematic. That's because farmers have already made planting decisions and retailers have stocked seed and herbicides. The Ag Retailers Association is urging the crop protection companies to appeal the decision and request a stay during the appeals process. While the agriculture community mourning the loss of Bill Northey this week, former USDA Secretary of Agriculture Northey was 64 years old, a farmer in northwestern Iowa and former Iowa Secretary of Agriculture. Northey was president of the National Corn Growers Association nearly 30 years ago and one of the youngest individuals to serve in that role at the time. 
two years ago. Northey was part of a forum at the Big Iron Farm Show hosted by the Red River Farm Network. The struggle in ag in general is fewer of us, and, and sometimes we just assume good things will happen, and they don't always happen. We need to be able to have a strong voice. We need to be able to make it, you know, make sure that people understand agriculture. We need to be bipartisan, um, and we need to be able to make sure that folks know what the right things are from the agriculture point of view. Northey was CEO for the Agribusiness Association of Iowa and was instrumental in the creation of the Midwest Council on Agriculture. And the cause of Northey's death has not been announced. This year's U.S. net farm income is expected to be down 26% from a year ago. USDA economist Kerry Litowski cites lower commodity prices, less government support, and higher farm expenses. Net cash farm income is forecast at $160.4 billion for 2023, and it's forecast to fall to $121.7 billion in 2024. That's a decline of almost $39 billion. Farm input costs are forecast to increase nearly 4%. Spending on feed, fertilizer, and pesticides is expected to increase in 2024 after declining in 2023. That's a look at farm news this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan. Minnesota farm business management can be described as just-in-time education. Each farmer has a different priority or a different stake in their relationship to their lender and their farm operation. And so we try to tailor the education that they get and the information that we're able to to work them through depending on where they are in their farm careers. Farm business management instructors come right to your farm. Online options available too. Visit agcentric.org. Think back to your time in the FFA. What did it do for you? What did you learn that got you to where you are today? How many things did you experience for the first time because of the FFA? Who did you meet you couldn't imagine life without? Let's not just witness. Let's ensure our members continue to have the experiences that created the people we are today. Support North Dakota FFA. Visit ndffafoundation.org. With a look at weather this week in agriculture on the Red River Farm Network, I'm Whitney Pittman. Warmer than usual winter temperatures are a concern for sugar beet piles. Mindac Farmers Cooperative President and CEO Kurt Wickstrom says the next two weeks is critical. Yeah, we've, uh, we've got probably uh, about two weeks left of processing what we call our chilled beets. Uh, they're on ventilation pipe and so uh, we were able to bring the root temperatures down uh, since harvest. And so if we can get through, you know, the next 12 days, uh, we should be okay because then we'll transition into our hard frozen beets. And, you know, that two-week cold stretch wasn't fun for a lot of us, but it was what we needed to get our, our, uh, our hard froze beets, you know, close to being uh, finished off and, and froze very hard. So the next, it's the next two weeks for us that we're kind of on edge about. This is not the first time winter temperatures have been warmer than desired for beet piles. I think the last time we had a winter like this was 2012 and um, we were able to, to do okay then as well because of our ventilation. You know about 60% of our beets that are in long-term long storage are ventilated and so uh, in situations like this that helps us out quite a bit. 
World Weather Incorporated senior agricultural meteorologist Drew Lerner says that while temps have lowered some this week, we shouldn't expect a more significant drop until later in the month. I think we're going to be seeing a, a little bit of a mix. We've got a storm system that's pushing into the region today and uh, it'll be with us tomorrow under Friday morning. And we'll flip the winds around from the south to the north, and that usually brings cooler air, and that's exactly what will take place. We'll have not a lot of precipitation, but we will get a little bit of a mix coming through the region. More importantly, it kind of sets the stage for a bit of a cooling trend that may take place uh, as we go forward into the coming week. I don't think we're going to see any kind of uh, unusual cold for a while. El Nino is fading and expected to flip to La Nina by summer, which could lead to a drier, warmer season. The El Nino event is weakening and will be accelerating in that decline as we go from late February through March. NOAA's model for ENSO events has suggested that we would have neutral ENSO conditions by the time we get to the 1st of April. And that same model suggests that additional cooling in the ocean will take place on into our summer. And that suggests that a La Nina event could evolve. And we have noted in years where we have moved from a significant El Nino in January to a La Nina by summer, we usually have a drier and a warmer bias in our summer. Daily rain and thunderstorm activity is expected across much of Brazil through Tuesday, with rainfall totals varying from 1 to 4 inches. A few locations in the far north could reach 5 inches, World Weather Incorporated says Argentina will also see daily showers and thunderstorms through Tuesday, with rainfall totals varying from 1 to 3 inches. World Weather says some local amounts of 2.5 to 4 inches is possible. Argentina's temperatures are expected to cool from the hundreds to the 70s by next Tuesday. North Dakota Ag Weather Network Director Daryl Richardson says there are exciting things in the works for Endon in the next two years. We're installing a minimum of 18 additional stations. I think it's going to end up being 20 or 21. And then actually in 2025, we have 21 already um, contracted for next year. Plus, uh, the Minnesota Department of Ag is going to start doing some installation of Endon stations, too, from some monies they got from the Minnesota legislature. This has been a look at weather this week in agriculture. I'm Whitney Pittman on the Red River Farm Network. Work. Even when a crop is insured through standard insurance options, it may not always be enough. A supplemental coverage option or enhanced coverage option can provide extra protection. SEO and ECO are area-based policies that could insure yields as high as 95%. To find out if an SEO or ECO policy is right for you, contact the insurance team at Egg Country Farm Credit Services. Egg Country, focused on ag, focused on you. Like that morning cup of coffee, the Red River Farm Network is the best way to start your day. Good morning, farm news time on the Red River Farm Network. You'll get the latest market trends. King out of the grain market, we finally saw corn kind of trade its own fundamentals here. Weather with agricultural meteorologist Drew Lerner. Cooler temperatures will be occurring in the northern plains and upper Midwest. And today's top stories impacting your farm and your bottom line. We're the Red River Farm Network, and we're reporting agriculture's business.